You are listening to Loomis Life, proudly presented by the Loomis Communities. That men in some strange way are responding. Something is happening in our world. The masses of people are rising up, and wherever they are assembled today, whether they are in Johannesburg, South Africa, Nairobi, Kenya, Accra, Ghana, New York City, Atlanta, Georgia, Jackson, Mississippi, or Memphis, Tennessee, the cry is always the same, we want to be free. That is Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. speaking at the Bishop Charles Mason Temple in Memphis, Tennessee. I have been to the mountaintop, delivered on the evening of April 3, 1968, would be the last time Dr. King gave a speech. The following evening, he was shot and killed while standing on the balcony of room 306 at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis. That motel is now part of the National Civil Rights Museum. I'm Joshua Powers and welcome to Loomis Life. Today we look back at Dr. King's legacy, and we sit down with Wayne Cowan, a resident of Loomis Lakeside at Reed's Landing, who marched alongside Martin Luther King Jr. in Selma, Alabama. As we celebrate the life of Dr. King, we also look back at some of his most influential words. Because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. But I want you to know the night that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about... So tell me a little bit about growing up in that era. Both of my parents grew up in Pennsylvania on farms. My father went to the eighth grade. He became a railroad engineer and was quite devoted to segregation. And I grew up education of my own. And from an early age, I was engaged in civil rights, despite my parents' lack of interest and basic life as segregationist. But I was very lucky. I got related to the civil rights movement from college on and uh, ended up in Selma, Alabama. So how many years did you work? Well, all my life I've worked on civil rights, and I started from my college years uh, to be engaged in issues all issues dealing with social issues. So you spent some time with Martin Luther King Jr. I did. I was working in the movement uh, there and so grateful for him and his leadership, but uh, my parents didn't exactly buy into all that. As soon as I got out of college, I went to work as a missionary in Nicaragua for three years, and then I came back to New York and went to seminary But all of my life and process was out of the civil rights movement. And I got to see Martin 
at a certain point in his work, and I uh, was always very moved by that. So when you say you saw him at that point in his work, how, how long did you know him? Well, in a relatively early period when he was coming to the north, and he was really just getting underway, I had that experience. And I was very lucky that I grew up in a part of the Protestant church and a part of the Christian church, which was very deeply concerned about civil rights issues. So did you ever march with? Yes, I did. I don't remember all the details or the times, but uh, I was with the movement quite closely related. And I worked for a journal. So obviously you've worked in civil rights your whole life. And you look back at how things were and how they are now. You know, describe that that feeling of that kind of change that you've seen happen in your lifetime. My parents were common, ordinary Protestant people who didn't have much feeling about civil rights. Uh, They were quite conservative and opposed to, to integration. And though my father was a union man and helped to form the union, he did not catch any fire from civil rights, although he never outright opposed me. He was sort of unrelated to all that and uh, not a great encourager of dealing with these kinds of issues because the railroad union was inclined toward desegregation. Uh, He benefited by that, but uh, they were not people who supported Martin Luther King and the civil rights movement. It's certainly true that uh, through the 60s and thereafter, things got better in some ways. The churches did too little dealing with civil rights, and uh, I was always very deeply disturbed about that. But at the same time, I was dealing with leaders in the church who were very oriented towards all civil rights issues. Before he marched in Selma, Alabama, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. gave what is considered to be one of his greatest speeches while in Washington, D.C. in August of 1963. I Have a Dream is considered by many to be one of the most influential speeches in American history. So today we leave you with those words on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. I have the pleasure to present to you Dr. Martin Luther King, J.R. I am happy to join with you today in what will go down in history as the greatest demonstration for freedom in the history of our nation. Five score years ago, A great American in whose symbolic shadow we stand today signed the Emancipation Proclamation. This momentous decree came as a great beacon light of hope to millions of Negro slaves who had been seared in the flames of withering injustice. 
It came as a joyous daybreak to end the long night of their captivity. But 100 years later, the Negro still is not free. 100 years later, the life of the Negro is still sadly crippled by the manacles of segregation and the chains of discrimination 100 years later. The Negro lives on a lonely island of poverty. I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. That one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream. My four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. With its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. And every hill and mountain shall be made low, the rough places will be made plain, and the crooked places will be made straight, and the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is a faith that I go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day, this will be the day with all of God's children be able to sing with new meaning my country tears of thee sweet land of liberty of thee i sing 
Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride. From every mountainside, let freedom ring. And if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. And so let freedom ring. From the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire, let freedom ring. From the mighty mountains of New York, let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain of Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain of Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and mole hill of Mississippi, from every mountainside. in every city. We will be able to speed up that day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing in the words of the old Negro spiritual, free and land.